0: Welcome to a very special edition of the Horse Racing Happy Year. I mean, it's Thursday. We always go live on Thursday, but it's special because, I mean, I feel like we're part of Maryland Racing now, Louie.
1: Uh, I, I would feel, like to pronounce that this is the podcast of record about Maryland Racing. I don't think it's a question. How about that?
0: And this is about as, I mean, perfectly placed in the wisdom of the great Jim McKay who came up with this concept oh, yeah. of like, you know what? When racing's pretty much going to suck, across the country because of the Breeders' Cup is you know too close. We're gonna throw out this great day of twelve stakes races and just showcase Maryland Breads and we get this awesome day of Maryland Villain.
1: In your face, Keeneland in your face. Yeah
0: yeah I think Keeneland will be okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a little QE two on Saturday. Not I as can good I can as dream. a as a as a sprint for two year olds. Hey guys good to have the Maryland guys back. Hey let's
0: go we got we got uh, Dan Ilman and John Piazik, the flowing locks of John Piazik. Louis, uh you know
1: quite jealous, just not never yeah. been flowing, never, never been, no nope. <laughs> never been not at all. Um was a how hockey are player you with a bad mullet in second grade and it was still not flowing, it was terrible. So there you go. Yeah, there you,
0: go. you really had the mullet underneath the hockey. By the way, oh yeah, I oh, yeah.
1: oh, third grade? Oh, now I've got to think about it. Wait, yeah, was mullet, he
2: from Michigan? There. Then yes, <laughs> he had the mullet.
1: That's true. <laughs> That's, That's true. Hey, the 80s were a different time. You settled down. Well, they're coming back right now. I see them all the time, and I think they're posers because the '80s was I'm the like legit that. time. That's what it was. There you go. <laughs> well, let's get to some replays, man.
0: All right. Well, I mean, you know, like, we can get there. But, you know, slow your roll. We're all right. I know we got a lot of raises to cap and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll get into the two year old races from last week. We saw an Oaks prep and a Derby prep at Keeneland. I'll see the Aussie Bite <laughs> I'm never going to be able to say that, right? It's just just never going to happen. We saw a little bit of an upset. So let's take a look at uh, Candied taking down BB Street.
3: On the far outside, Alice Beach is there toward the inside. Candy's going to swing wide. Candied out in the center of the racetrack. Bright work is right there. A lane off the rail, but Candied rolls on up from the outside of VV's Dream into the final furlong of the Darley Alcibiades. Candied with the lead from VV's Dream. And second, Alice Beach is third. Candied, VV's Dream, one, two, deep stretch. Candied, Luis Saez wins.
0: Luis Saez there with Pletcher. As the trainer, uh, you know, third third uh, betting pick, uh, so it's not a huge upset. But I think everyone thought that the, the top two were, you know, pretty strong. So Vivi's Dream getting upset there, but they're two year olds. There's a long way to go. Louis, what just take that
1: race? Yeah, we've actually seen this a lot this fall. Is is a lot of the two year old quote unquote favorites. We'll see the opposite in the next race, of course. But um, a lot of the two year olds have been. You know, or, you know, third, fourth, fifth favorite ends up winning. We saw it in the Iroquois here um, with uh, West Saratoga, for example, jumping up and winning that one as well. So I, I don't get too terribly overreactive to two-year-old results, um, but I do think um, it showed that switching leads is overrated. You don't need to do it. You could just pull the top. Um, so we learned that turn the
2: of turns it? is Was
0: overrated that, last week.
2: <laughs> what an outrageous statement that is. Changing leads <laughs> is overrated. Maybe changing leads is overrated in the short stretch of the in outside the riding, where Candy beat a pretty decent filly in Vivi's dream and Eight yep. cows. But at the end of the day, she's going to have to change leads when she goes to Delmar and she faces the oncoming might of Tamara, the daughter of Beholder, who's going to be odds-on in the breeders. Wait,
4: side. you're telling me Tamara's a daughter of Beholder? No one ever <laughs> mentioned that before, ever. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: If I she just
4: daughter John of Beholder, good. Right wow.
2: Now, John, no one would know who she is, but she's going to forge probably a reputation on her own after she takes Candide and her left lead paddle uh, out at sea. Well,
4: I feel like she'd get get a lot of hype on her own, but the fact that she's the daughter of Beholder just elevates it to like the stratosphere.
2: John hates Beholder. Wow. I for a, guy that, for a guy that holds the Maryland Racing Museum, <laughs> a historian, so to speak, to hate a legend. Don't a hate
4: anybody. Don't hate
2: anybody.
4: Don't
0: hate anybody. I, hate I do, I have... do you think it's probably impossible for John well, to hate anybody. Yeah, <laughs> I nah,
1: know, no, no. A little too nice much with John.
0: Yeah. I also want to talk about the evolution of this show, Louis, because, you know, not saying that Illman doesn't look good right now, but he used to come on, you know, he would wear a sweatshirt every once in a while, dress the nines. I, what, what is on the T-shirt? I'm trying to figure out what you have on your oh, T-shirt right it here.
2: Says,
1: it says Dapper Dan. Oh, nice. You're damn right it does. That's right. <laughs> yeah. you, right you you. You've never seen a Dapper Dan, Mike? Like, I knew that as what? soon as I saw the picture.
0: I can't see because of, like, where his, like, little yellow thing is. and uh, But that's, <laughs> oh, yeah. you know.
1: Not so that's surprising so that, uh, that that Coastal Elite Zach uh, producer Zach knows that Dan Illman shirt. I'm not surprised by that. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, there you go. All right. <laughs> good enough. Well, let's be I, look, to the- look, at this point though. I mean, it, that's I mean, Candy, I mean, all jokes aside, she'll look great. And I don't think she's gonna have any trouble getting a little bit more distance, uh, trying to get down a stretch at, at Santa Anita. I think she'll be fine. It's is she good enough to be tomorrow, the other horses, the other, you know, the other Phillies that we'll see in that group. I, I just don't know.
2: No, it was a very nice effort. I'm not willing to give up on the runner-up yet. I thought VV's dream right, was just fine, and that was a good prep for her. I think Candy is going to continue to improve. Uh, I really, listen, Tamara is very, very good. The division is still wide open. As you mentioned, these are still babies. They're learning.
0: All right, well, let's move on to the Breeders' Futurity, uh, Grade 1 Breeders' Futurity. Uh, Jose Ortiz takes this one with lot. the odds-on
3: favorite. Steward with Locked moving up on the outside and Northern Flame in between that pair. Top of the short stretch. Here is Locked. Locked racing by on the outside for the lead. The Wine Steward is responding to the inside. Generous Tipper goes to third. The Wine Steward responding to the challenge so far. Here's Locked right alongside. Locked. The Wine Steward. It is Locked to win.
0: Fletcher had a good week. Uh, Pretty good weekend. Uh, that's pretty much what it comes down to he's got two nice horses
2: that's a real good one right there that just won the Breeders Futurity and he had Prince of Monaco out in California probably going to put on a good show in the Breeders Cup Juvenile but locked uh, he showed some promise in his sprint debut at Saratoga he destroyed them second out at Saratoga going a mile and that race was very very good because that runner-up I have a feeling the wine steward is just a little overachiever, a little street fighter. And I think he gave his absolute best there. Locke took a strong punch. I would not have been surprised if he finished second in that race, but he was able to sustain his move and win. He's a good horse.
0: Uh, Do same we know ownership group. Is that true? Same ownership group for both races?
1: Oh, wow. I didn't even notice I think that. it was. Uh, wow. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, I, I didn't mention on the Friday race, it was good to see – I mean, Louis Hayes looked no worse for the layoff. Thank goodness, came right back. Looked great at Keeneland over the weekend uh, last week, and obviously yesterday today. I, I do. Do you know, um, Dan? The the plans four locked is he going to stay in kentucky is he going to run in the jockey club or is he going to run or they're going to ship him out west
2: starting in the breeders cup i would, I would imagine a am 99.99 certain he's going to run there and he's either going to be the favorite or the second choice behind the baffert horse prince of monaco i mean with a horse like this he's got the size he's got the pedigree he has the will to win he's got a lot of things going for him he's a very very exciting prospect
0: do you think we'll start seeing like so if this horse is a closer like it looked like on the form um are we going to then see like these ownership groups try to get a horse with a little bit more early speed to get enough points to get in the race and kind of set that pace?
2: I think it's too late for that now, isn't it, John? I mean, I think these fields are pretty much set. I don't think you see rabbits too often in the. No, I'm talking cup. about. No, I, I
0: mean, the Breeders' Cup doesn't matter. I'm talking about for the big race in the first Saturday no. of May.
2: <laughs> no, come on! I don't think, I don't think, I don't think you have to worry about rabbits for the Breeders' Cup. The spots or so uh, for the Kentucky Derby. Pardon me. I, I don't think uh, you worry about rabbits in yeah. situations like that. How do rabbits get points? They actually have to be pretty good. Right. Well, well they I mean,
0: gotta, you know, well, now that they're well, going five points out to five places, you don't, I mean.
4: I the way you, you do it, it, what you do it is if you find a horse who has, like, cheap speed, drop him in an easy prep, hope he hangs on and gets, like, third or fourth. And then when inevitably there's a bunch of defections and, like, the 28th place horse ends up in Derby, (laughs) there you go. That's your horse. That's your rabbit.
2: My my feeling is this horse doesn't need a rabbit.
1: It doesn't. Okay. (laughs) 28th draws in. That's so true. Uh, Well, and honestly,
0: like, when you really look, even though he was seventh and sixth, he was really only one length out of the lead. He was right there. He's more of a stalker than he is a closer. Is that true?
2: I think because of the post position, he was forced to be taken back. He had a terrible post position at Keeneland, the far Mm -hmm. outside. I think that was the big worry for the connections coming into the race. Like, how are we going to work out a trip? So I think they had to take back in order to save some ground. If they were forward with him, there was a chance he would have been wide going into the first turn. So I think he's a little bit more tactical than he shows. He's not a burner that's going to go right to the lead. But I have a feeling he's a little bit pace adaptable.
1: Okay. And look with the Baffert running style, even you know, especially with two-year-olds, only three-year-olds, they're going to want to be near the front or on the yeah. front, so he'll have something to run at. Simply, no matter who's in that field, as long as there's a Baffert,
0: as long as there's a Baffert, he'll be trained It'll by somebody be else. Really, because
1: it's Santa Anita and it's you know. And it's,
0: oh, you're talking about you're still talking about the Breeders' Cup. I'm you know. still talking I mean, about it. The... Yes, thank you. Yeah, you know, I, I, listen, I you, I'm on record. There's nothing more overrated than Breeders' Cup Friday. It's end of, It's a day of races that ends up meaning absolutely nothing. Wow. So. Wow! I I it's do no, not, the betting. The betting. Sure, sure. Breeders Cup Friday to me is what, is you know.
1: Well, don't tell us how you feel about the Maryland Million then. Mm. Well, you
0: know,
4: there's what one horse event. why. <laughs> one it. horse who, if he runs, um, uh, coordinate Breeders Cup Friday, a lot more interesting, and and that's Fulmineo, who's a Maryland Red, who came in second in the Pilgrim. Last Wednesday, and might have been the best choice in the race. If he goes to the Brewers Cup, he's probably a Maryland bread who has the best shot of being there. Probably the the, the only Maryland good who has a shot of being there. I mean, he he's 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 interesting in that race, at least I think. If he goes, all right.
0: Go see what happens. We'll see. We'll cheer for the Maryland Brad on Friday. We'll be there. there, you go. there you go. Are you going? Are you going, Dan? I'll be there. All right. Go we'll get beers right night or something, you know? Dan's oh. going to
1: pretend he doesn't know who we are. Like, well, don't don't what it all, right? He never well, does that. Anybody, he doesn't big
2: depends, I'm not going to make any kind of, uh, you know, firm plans with you guys because I got to depend who else is going to ask me to have drinks on Friday. But basically, you know, where you are, we'll see.
0: Well, the only person who's going to ask us to have drinks is Sherva. So
2: that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: <laughs> it. And now it's probably not because I might have made him mad. So we'll see. Oh, you know. <laughs> that's just the way it is. Oh man! Can't keep John Sherbert happy all the time. All right, let's talk about the main event. Let's talk about this weekend. Let's talk about the Maryland Million. Listen, I'm gonna put John Piazak on the spot because I know he can give this answer. Uh, just give us a little history about this day and tell people kind of what it's all about for the for the millions and millions of horse racing fans listening listening across the world. And how it's many countries? 64 questions. 64 countries. Is that what it is? All six 67.
1: We're up to 67. 67
0: countries. Uh, subscribers uh, in 67 six countries. Now. Yeah. How about that. Tell people who might be in Indonesia listening on, to this show about the Maryland Million Day and, and how important it is
4: to Maryland racing. So it's the 38th Maryland Million. Its its full name is actually the Jim McKay. Yes, yeah, so the Jim McKay Maryland Million. It was founded by Jim McKay, of course, who was inspired um, by the Breeders' Cup and thought we should have our own version of the um, Brutus Cup in Maryland. Because back then, there were no like big state fair days the way they are now so he created um a maryland million um as a way to celebrate horses who are and 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 this is important sired in 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 maryland this is an event of uh, four horses by stallions standing in maryland and it was a huge success out of the gate in fact um i believe the first classic was actually televised on espn it used to alternate um um, between Laurel and and Pimlico for about the past 20 years, it's been run only at Laurel, and it's been held in October, I think, every year for about the last 15, 16 years, um, something like that. As I mentioned, it's only for, for horses by a stallion standing in Maryland. The only way a non-Maryland-styred Maryland bred can draw, and, and you'll see this on the AE list, is if a race ends up having fewer than eight Maryland sired entries. If that's the case, then a Maryland bred who's not Maryland sired can draw in. So in a race like, say, um, a nursery or the Lassie, probably won't see an A draw in because there's a lot of Maryland breds in that field, uh, um, Maryland sired in that field, and it's going to be quite a struggle. But in a race like the Classic or the Ladies or even the Sprint, where there's only eight, nine, ten horses in the main body, it's certainly not impossible that there'd be enough scratches that a plain Maryland bred would draw in. And also sometimes you'll see horses who are not Maryland bred, but Maryland sired in these races. I mean, Anna's Bandit, for example, a few years ago, a very nice um, uh, Mid-Atlantic spinner, Uh, she was bred in uh, West Virginia, but by one of the all-time great stallions in Maryland history, Great Notion, so she was um, eligible um, in the Maryland Million. And this year, the sprint favorite, twisted ride. He was bred in Pennsylvania, but also being by great notion, he can get in. So that's how it there works. It is.
2: That's right. All right, so classic market maven, Pennsylvania bred. Yeah, him
4: Scott too. And P. also yeah. a, a PA bird. Sorry about the up.
2: So it really—it's uh, an interesting—it's uh, an interesting sort of mixture of Mid Atlantic uh, connections. But this is their day, and they deserve it. They put on a show all year long. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, right. a, it's a really interesting card. We're hoping the weather holds out because right now there's a big chance of rain on Saturday because, as you would expect, you've got pretty big fields. And these are extremely competitive races. Mm-hmm. These are good betting races.
4: Oh,
0: definitely. And so, talk know, about that point, a little bit, uh, Dan, just to, about the weather and and really about you know how the, if the races are off-turf, or the tendencies at Laurel, how that all kind of works.
2: Well, I think that if there's a heavy torrential rain, they'll take some of the races off the turf. But I think for the most part, they're going to try to keep it on, and the course will probably be soft and yielding, figuring we're getting towards the end of turf season anyway. And these horses have prepared for this all year long. So I think we'd really need a downpour if the main track happens to come up sloppy. I don't really want to say there's going to be any sort of pronounced bias until after you watch the first few races. And you're looking for chaos in that situation. You're looking for horses that may not necessarily win, but if that 80 to one shot, is still chugging along and finishes a good second on the rail in three straight races, you might think the inside is good.
4: The funny (laughs) thing is, the forecast has improved, actually, over the past few days, because earlier in the week it was calling for a half inch, now down to a quarter of an inch. Uh, Rain is supposed to start in earnest probably around 11 o'clock. As Dan said, I would imagine they'll do everything in in their power to keep everything on, especially because it has not really rained around here in about... Two, three weeks, which on one hand is kind of almost mocking It's 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 like, oh, it was so nice all week. Now it's raining. But on the other hand, grass is pretty dry. Hasn't gotten a lot of moisture in a while. So that should help um, a little bit on Saturday.
2: He's right. the, The turf course has been playing very fast times. It looks like it's been very, very firm. It could probably use some moisture.
1: Okay. I you too, right. uh, we are presented uh, today by Maryland Thoroughbred. Go uh, mm-hmm. find that MarylandMillion.com. If you're heading out there or are on the fence about going out there, MarylandMillion.com. Great resource uh, for all the happenings on Saturday at, uh, at Laurel Park. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a great day of racing. It really is. So if it you might get out do this stuff, yeah. I agree.
0: And we got a great name in the first race that we're going to talk about. Uh, this is race number five. It's the Maryland Million Turf, modern eighth on the turf, three year olds and up, $125,000 purse. I'm personally going to see if we can raise enough money. We can buy the eight horse. We can change the name of the horse from crabs and beer to Grab to crabs and Natty crab
1: Bow, <laughs> oh, Let's go. Woo!
0: We can oh, do it. Let's, let's go. start the GoFundMe page. Let's buy that horse crabs and Matty Bo Natty Bo. All right. Um, all right. Let's Dan. Who do you like in this race?
2: Ah, I'm going to go with two horses in here. I kind of like both Fletcher and Street Copper. Fletcher hasn't run since June, I think, in the uh, Penn Mile race for three-year-olds. It was his turf debut. He was a million to one. He actually ran pretty well against some some good open company. I was talking to his trainer, Chuck Lawrence, earlier today. He said the horse had some hiccups after that race, which necessitated the layoff. He says the horse is breezing better than ever. They'd always liked him. They tried to get him into the Preakness even by getting the win and you're in and the Tessio. So they like this horse. He's very progressive. We've probably seen the best of horses like Street Copper and Crabs and Beer and Cannons Roar and some of the old favorites in Maryland. I think this horse has some upside. And my heart said, my head says no on Street Copper, but I'm probably going to use him as well because he might really not want to beat you. I know he won last time out, but he broke a long losing streak in that race. I think he has some hang in him, but he usually shows up in this spot. The distance is good for him. It's all about getting a trip. I'm going to probably concentrate on those two while realizing that Crabs and Beer is a strong contender.
0: Fletcher at eight to one is a nice price too.
4: So there it is, uh, Johnny P. What you got? I'd be surprised if you got 8-1 on Fletcher, and I also like him. I um, picked him second. He's, he's a, a son of Momo um, Farms Blofeld, Britain, Pennsylvania. As Dan said, I really liked his last start in the Penn Mile. He hasn't raced in 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 a long time, but his workouts have been solid. If he comes back to that race, he's going to be in the hunt here. I ended up picking Crabs and Beer on top. He's also by Blofeld, trained by um Kerry Ryan, Jamie Rodriguez is up. He hasn't won this year, but he really hasn't run a bad race on grass. I mean, he made his first start off a really long layoff back in mid-June, just missed behind a pretty classy horse in the Addison poor. Then made kind of a premature move. And that's a timeout. Ended up finishing third. Then might have been the best horse in the fine stakes in his most recent grass start. On the first turn, Wicked Prankster, who, who was also in this race, he won last year's tote. he... Um, um, kind of bolted on the first turn. He was pulled up, walked off, and when he bolted, um, he took Krabs and Beer with him. He took Krabs and Beer out about six, seven paths, and then once Wicked Frankster got out of his way, Krabs and Beer was able to get back on his way. Uh, that ended up costing him probably uh, a few lengths, and he lost by a neck to Field Pass, who on his best day is better than anybody in here. So it, it, it was a great effort in, um, in spite of bad luck. He's easily, I think, the most steady horse in this field. And as long as he doesn't have any crazy mishap happen to him, he should be pretty tough. And speaking of um, wicked Frankster last year, this son of Mosley went gate to wire off a six day layoff. Now he's coming off a, a bit of a longer break, but there's not a lot of other pure speed in here. He's working really well. I mean, I can easily see his situation. He goes back to the front and just doesn't stop again. It's possible. Louie, what'd you think?
1: I just I think Cannon's roar is is an include because of Barbosa. He's just he's got the best winning percentage right now at Laurel. I think he's seen the course really well, and I think you got to include him. I know he's had better days in the past, but did win last out uh, at Laurel going a mile. I, I'm interested in a long shot here. Jack's Legend second start ever stretching out for the first time for Trombetta. Um, I, I look, I don't I don't like the numbers right now for Trombetta and Rosado, but it seems like a weird it seems like a very intentional placing of this horse second time yeah. ever. Uh, to go uh, go routing here, and so I, and I, I seem to remember from earlier, yeah. I mean, an elusive quality, uh, great notion on t- uh, you know on top, and a haymaker on the bottom. I just I think the horse can get two turns, no problem. And so, if you wanted to go bargain hunting, that might be one because I think I don't think you're getting fifteen to one on that horse. I think you're getting like twenty four, twenty seven to one. On that
4: horse. Well, I know he can go two turns because his full brother Talk Show Man won this race twice, man. so we know he has a oh, um, wow. great grass pedigree. And in fact, I heard earlier um today that talk show man is in fact gonna be at the race. He's gonna make a special appearance and watch his uh brother in action. I mean, he has a lot of upside. I really liked that debut, but I think it's it's kind of a tall ask. I mean, he did right. he five and a half furlongs, so now he's going a mile and an eighth. I would've liked to see, you know, maybe a Maryland red allowance as kind of a bridge between that maiden race into this. I mean, he could win this race next year or in 2025. I just don't know about this year.
0: And then, of course, Cannon's run. Uh, Cannon's warm, excuse me. A full grandson or a grandson to charismatic, who is my all-time favorite derby horse. Uh, not that that matters on a turf race. <laughs> but a little tidbit. Favorite derby horse, charismatic. It was also the first Breeders' Cup. Uh, oh, no, it's not the first Breeders' Cup because I went 98 when it's a Churchill. But the first Breeders' Cup I went to outside of Kentucky. Uh, was that call breeders cup mm-hmm. A uh, one. It, yes uh, but okay, this is awesome so in race uh six here the maryland million lassie stakes this is for phillies two year olds and up this is the uh the precursor the early precursor maybe to the blackout susan uh it's on the dirt you get number the three horse here Louie bows and O's right here there, <laughs>
1: <laughs> mm, there yes. it is I love it I, I mean, I'm naming. betting on that horse regardless. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, what are so we getting? I, I, know, I know. 15 runs that that about that. the odds of me making it through the night on Natty Bo. Yeah, that's good. There you go.
0: <laughs> oh, Piazza, who do you like in this race?
4: I think number nine, Old Bay, on top of the Maryland theme name. This being a daughter of Northview's Golden Lad. She's coming second in all four of her career starts, but it's really not easy to do. So, she's still a Maiden but really hasn't <laughs> run a bad race in her career so far. I mean, last time out in the Small Wonder at Delaware Post, she just missed behind Just Great, who is not in this race, but if she was, A, I feel um, um, probably be about half the size it is now, and B, she'd be, be about two to five. Um, but Old Bay almost beat her. I mean, she about one or two paths further off the rail than Just Great did, and she fought pretty hard in the stretch. Uh, lost by Justin Neck, ran a career top figure on the prismat scale, and yet she's going to be 12 to 1 in this race? I don't quite know about that. I mean, it's possible that, given who kind of second out of streak, might not have the heart to win a race, and to just um, get to the front end stop. But I got to take a pretty long look at it. Also kind of like, number one, uh, remember me, a no guts, no glory homebred for Jerry Robb, who, who ran a huge race in the Keswick Stakes. Um, Two starts back at um, Colonial Downs, battled on the lead throughout, missed by just the half length at at 32 to one, was pressed by just great last time out and stopped, but should bounce back here. Has a good recent workout and should show speed from the inside.
0: All right. So, uh, Louie, where did you settle?
1: And I, I think John's John's pick of Old Bay, the nine, I, I really do think that horse has a serious shot here. 12 to one is really nice. I landed on 11 shine on moon, went back and watched that replay. Loved how she ran at Pimlico in that in that maiden special. Seemed to just be right there. And when she was asked to go, she went. And I love that with two-year-olds, especially on the Philly side, if they're willing uh, to do that extra little bit of work, especially in the stretch on their first start. So uh, love a horse coming out of a maiden win. I think that she's got a serious shot. You'll hear that name Barbosa out of my mouth a lot, and uh, he's aboard here, so I do think uh, that's a major positive here. I think the 13 is the other maiden that I'm interested in. Similar track uh, to uh, Old Bay here with uh, enemy number nine. Uh, two runs in a maiden special level, one at Laurel then one uh, up at Pimlico. Uh, second in both of those. Uh, keeps uh, keeps JD Acosta here. I, I'm interested in her as well. I do think there's a lot of different ways. This is a tough one. This is a tough race. Uh, a tough uh uh, a tough set of horses to figure out, but I would land probably on, I would probably go 11, nine in this race. I do think if they can draw in, if it's there, the 15 coming out of that, uh, that win on the turf at um, uh forest fuel, excuse me for Dan Ward, for Lane Lucy, if that horse can draw in, I think the 15 is interesting here as well. Dan.
2: I love the fact that we pretty much all have different horses because as you guys said, it's that kind of a race. It's really a dart race. It's wide open. I would go shopping on the tote board before I really land on anybody. Uh, It's a spread race in any kind of multiple race wager. I'll focus on three horses. I think Sheila's War Cloud has to be respected, a debut winner at Colonial. And then last time I kind of got outrun a little bit in a race with a pretty impressive winner. I think that was a John Service trained Mm -hmm. two-year-old blitz the field on the lead. This source will get a better pace scenario in this big field. It's all about whether... So it's work out a trip. you know. It's, it's a lot of horses to weave their way through or go around. I think that Louis's right about enemy number one going out for Jose Corral a guy who's probably one for 70 with first-time starters, incrementally better with second, and does very well with third-time starters. I think this horse got a good experience last time out, kind of down towards the inside, getting dirt kicked in his face, and running on in the end. You won't have to worry about that from the outside post. He just uh, must avoid a wide trip. Listen, there's even a first-time starter in this race that's going to be a million to one. I think he's trained by a very low-profile barn, Brandon McFarlane. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, John will tell you that the Blofelds have come out running thus far. I think he's winning about 20% with first-time starters. Uh, This guy's uh, half-sister, half-brother, won the career debut in one of the Maryland million races as a first-time starter against winners. So if you want to throw that horse in, it's something like 40 to one. I wouldn't argue with you.
0: All right. Yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh... You know, just like John said, they had to be bred by the the, or the sire. Uh, and so we're seeing a lot of sires, you know, three golden lads in this race, three made from luckies two Super 99s. It's just a, you know, it's just the way it is. Uh, yeah. We're going on to okay. race seven, okay. which is the Maryland Million Sprint, six furlongs on the dirt for three-year-olds and up. $100,000 race here. Louis, where did you land on this
1: one? I, I think this is a – we're finally at a race where you have to either – Choose the chalk or try to beat the chalk here. And I think Twisted Ride is that horse here. I'm going to try to beat. Uh, I'll go to the eight horse on top here. Uh, with Al loves Josie. This is a horse we've seen before. Seven lifetime wins. Uh at the track. Four-year-old uh gelding, son of, uh, of Holy Boss there. Uh Street Bros, uh Lemon Drop Kid on the on the on the two sides of the breeding there. Uh has Perez in the, in the um in the irons again. Ran in that restricted race up at Pimlico last out. Over good go. Lost a swell by about a length and a half. And then there was a um a gap of seven thousand feet to the next horse. Uh, so those two are in the race, and then everybody else. Uh, thanks for coming. And so uh, interested to see if uh, L of Josie second time without Lasix. I do like that angle as well. Uh, getting a little bit more used to running uh, like that. Then I also then I went to the seven. Uh, Johnny's from Albany. Uh, yeah, no. with Capuano here uh, don't hook up a lot. This horse one last out. That is a good angle. Uh, good enough for Phil Capuano and his barn. Uh, one for six in his last uh, six stakes races as well. This horse. Uh, seems to like Laurel a lot. Uh, three wins, two seconds, and five starts, a uh, lifetime. So I'll give those two out, eight and seven on top for me uh, here.
0: Okay. I don't, don't know why the dogs are going, you know, they wait till now <laughs> to go crazy, but it is what it is. So, yeah uh, It's their happy hour, too. To? It is their happy hour. <laughs> I don't know what happened. So I'm, Professional podcast. Danny's there. like here.
2: Um, I, I have to disagree a little bit with Lou. I think twisted rides the horse to beat. If he shows up Uh, his last race, I don't think was indicative of his true abilities because that was a five eighths dash at Monmouth. And that race is all about speed. And he was put on a hard chase three wide and in between, and it just didn't work out for him. And I talked to his trainer, Mike Moore, and he said, he kind of ran the horse back a little bit quick. He's given him more spacing between that race and this one. And he seems to be training. Well, the one caveat is when I talked to the trainer, he said, I'm very worried about a wet track. I don't think this horse likes a wet track. So you might want to downgrade him if this track comes up sloppy. But I think Twisted Ride, if he shows up, is the horse to beat. I do want to spotlight a long shot because Louis's right. love Josie is a strong contender in this race. But what about 7's 11, a horse that came off a layoff, and I think he prepped in that turf race. I think they were just giving him one, and boy, they gave him one because last time out, he aired. He just looked like a completely different horse, and he might be the now horse in this division with a little bit of upside. Did I stun you? Oh, John, <laughs> go ahead. Okay, <laughs> I'm sorry,
4: um, my mic was muted. Oh, no,
0: there we go. Go.
4: Uh, no um, I picked Johnny Z from Albany on top, another fell, but I get the sense he's going to be pretty well bet. Um, just based on the way folks are talking about him, I don't think you'll get a 6-1 to warning line. And there is a lot of speed in here. I mean, he's got speed. Alec shows he has speed. Find Faith on the inside has speed. Twisted Ride should be up and near the pace. And that could set things up really well for 7-11, who, as Dan noted, absolutely crushed the field last time out. Um, eight and a half lines win, far and away, a crew best figure on the Brisnet scale, but it's not a total aberration. He ran well quite a few times over the winter at Lowell. He broke his maiden by four and a half lengths um, at seven furlongs, cut back at seven furlongs in late March on a wet track, I might add. One going away by almost three, Another crew best figure. Goes third off the layoff here, even better. And yes, he, he got a great trip last time, but he could get... um. Um, really great trip again. So, if the pace does melt down, he'll be right there to pick up the pieces. And hopefully, he'll go off at somewhere around his 10 to 1 morning line. I, mean, I think there's a non zero chance Johnny Z from Albany goes off favored over Twisted Ride. But those two will take the bulk of the action.
0: The next race is the Maryland Million Turf Sprint Stakes. It's a $100,000 race for five and a half furlongs, of course, on the turf, because that's why it's the turf sprint. Um, and uh, for three year olds not- and up. So who did you land on here, uh, Dan?
2: Well, it's the rematch. Whitty and Sky's Not Falling. They ran one-two in the Ben's Cat. John and I were talking about it in the winner's circle after the race. We were looking forward to the rematch in the Maryland Million, and it's nice to see that they're both here. Whitty, of course, is probably most famous for being the little half-brother to Caravel, the winner of uh, the reigning Breeders' Cup turf sprint winner. So Whitty is living up to his sister by being a nice Stakes winning turf sprinter. Uh it was kind of an interesting race. I would I would urge all handicappers to go back and watch the Ben's cat because it was kind of a tale of two trips. Whitty's a horse that tends not to break well in his races. He broke a lot better in that spot, but then he ended up very wide into the stretch. Sky's not falling, on the other hand, was sort of buried in between between horses turning for home. He did get a seam at about the eighth pole, and they fought on from there with Whitty getting his head down in front. I think they're equal in ability. I think Whitty will probably be a much shorter price, but uh, I also think that Whitty's going to get it done one more time.
4: All right. There it is. Uh, John? My thing about Witty is he just does not really like to win. I mean, going into the Ben's cat, I said if there's ever going to be a field he's going to beat, it would be that one. Because he looks so much the best on paper going in. He had run seven times in the year. No wins. Five seconds. And his... I mean, and Yes, he did have a bit of a tough trip. It was wide. But I still feel like he should have won that race a lot easier than he did. And his percentage figure actually regressed by quite a bit. He went down to an 85. Usually he had been in the 90s. Had he run his usual race, even with the trouble, he probably should have won by a few lengths, and he didn't. So I wonder if, if he kind of just likes running with a pack and not being in front that much, that he'll like run down to his level of competition and would almost like rather run second or, or third. And in a race like this where he's going to take a lot of money, I'm going to sh- I mean, I, I. it would be nice if he won. You know, he's Caravelle's half-brother. He's by a great notion who is closing in on second place all time in the Million, Million Stallion Americans. I think he has 19 wins coming into this year. But I'm going to take a shot against him. And, and then the, that shot comes with number three, uh, Synergy Star, also a great notion for Kenny Cox and Fergal Lynch. I, I really like his last start at Colonial back on September 2nd in the meadow Stable stakes. He been a nice four-wide move. Gobbled up ground. Just missed behind it. Um, Maturman Kingdom, a very nice um, local um, Indian Bird spinner. Ran a big figure and had been in good, for, uh, good form on dirt. prior to that, really, ascendant form. I mean, uh, he beat a second-level field pretty easily on dirt. Two starts back. Just missed behind Indian Lake. Nice local allowance horse three starts to go he has great late speed and he's going to be able to close down that long stretch of the five and a half long races and so i think if you want to take a shot against um uh, a big two in witty and this guy's not falling um synergy star is your best bet all right louis where do you land
1: i I agree that those are the top three i am fascinated by a horse in this race a three-year-old who's raced twice as a three-year-old after not looking good at all, as a two-year-old, is the number two Tidewater out of the Ooh. Aguirre barn. He has three wins this year. Two of those are with him. Uh, Thirty to one here, fifty-eight flat last out at uh, in in a five furlong sprint. That's the kind of time uh, that can essentially beat anyone on the planet. That is really fast and really really capable. Interested to see the conditions, but if you're trying to fill out a trifecta, something like that, I think this is the kind of horse that can pick off a check.
0: Thirty to one right now. That's awesome. I know. I don't know. Yeah, I, think
4: yeah. Yeah, I picked him um, fourth. Yeah. I picked him fourth on the uh, racing biz. And it's interesting because his sire is outflanker, long, long time Maryland Stallion who recently died. Um, and he's perhaps best known as the damn sire of Nick's Go. He was a sire of Cosmo's buddy, a Marilyn Milling winner in her own right. And of course, Cosmo's buddy, best known as the damn of Nick's Go. A little bit of Maryland history there with. Tidewater, who, as you said, has run big in both of his starts this year, and it will be a great story, you know, the, um, the Little Man Farm Home. I get a sense a lot of people around here are, are going to be cheering for him on Saturday. All
0: right, so we had the uh, race for the two-year-old girls, and now we're going to go for the two-year-olds. I guess they could be whatever they want to be. Uh, the Maryland Million Nursery Stakes is a $100,000 race, six furlongs on the dirt. Where did you land on this one? Uh, we're going to start with John here on this one.
4: Pick number six, Kohler's on top. He's a Pennsylvania bred son of fan box trained by John Service. Abner Adorno comes in uh, uh, for the mount on this park's dark day. I really liked his maiden race. He chased the pace, ended up coming in second um, to a big figure behind a horse named Notice of Action who came back to win the Prince Lucky Stakes on the Pennsylvania Derby Day undercard. Kohler's also ran in the Pen- um, on the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Derby Day Undercode in a maiden race. Got involved in a in, in three prongs. speed duel. Kind of fading late, but still held okay. Uh, held on and got third. His Visna figure um, climbed a bit, ended up fall to an 82, but it's still a lot better than anybody else in here has run at any point in their lives. And it was kind of and it an um, aggression for him. I think it was pretty good. He has blinkers here. I think that'll help him show more speed and help him stay a bit focused in the stretch. I like that Adorno's coming in for the mount. And if he can get a. If he can break well and get to the rail and the lead, he could prove tough to catch. Louie?
1: I landed on the five on top here. Blame the tucks. Actually coming off the turf here to run on the dirt. That's a good angle with Carla Morgan, the trainer there, uh, for the last uh, 16 of one going turf to dirt for her. Uh, Smaller barn, smaller operation, but this horse showed me a lot of colonial. I think that switch to dirt won't be too much of an issue uh, for this, uh, this, uh, son of Holy Boston. So interested to see second timer. Can they, can they, you know, repeat that form for the first time out? Um, I I think that he absolutely can remind me of the rules here. John is the 13, very unlikely to draw in because we have to get down to eight.
4: Yeah. he's uh, going to need four scratches. Plus he's stable in Kentucky. Um, so I had this image of my head of Brennan Walsh, like at, in the paddock at Keeneland by calling the, the uh, lawyers always three times a day going, so is anybody going to scratch? Anybody to scratch? Anybody to scratch? Uh, so I will not hold the breath on. calling uh, it. Call again.
1: All right, so I'm not going to give out the 13 then. How about that? And uh, we're going to move on to the four. Kind a hula moon here. Um, obvious connections here, John Rob, and, and Xavier Perez. I, I do think that this horse uh, has a very, very serious shot. Uh, ran the slop last time at Pimlico, and I thought pretty well. So if it is a wet day, I think that horse will be fine uh, over wet go at Laurel. Um, for two, but that was uh, prior to breaking the maiden up at Timonium. Six and a half furlongs at Timonium is that two turns? Two, yes, it is. That uh-huh. is. a two-turner. Okay, so a horse has shown that. So as Dan likes to say, we're cutting back here to one turn. How about that? Right. And so uh, I'll I'll put the four in there. I'm going to concentrate on the five and the four here in this one. Be careful, Louie. You might sound like you know what you're talking about with that. I I,
2: I like two horses in this race. John's top pick, Kohlers, I think is very, very logical. But I think you guys missed the boat with Full Proof. Full I, I like sure. him too. I think him second race. Yeah, uh, his career you've seen progression in both starts In his debut. He kind of was very, very green in that race. He was down inside, he was lugging in, he, he ran on in the end to be second. There was something there. They equipped him with blinkers, and it's very funny watching the replay of that race. Because Proof just looks like a compact sprinty type. And he got to the lead in there. And there's some big giant sea monster chasing him that from a first time starter from Arnaud de la Cor. And it looks like a lion chasing a rabbit. And I'd be running fast too if I was Proof, if I had that thing chasing me. And that horse, I think, has some ability. And foolproof never gave up. He kept right on going. He won the gallop out very easily. Uh, I think he's on the improve this source. And I like his outside post position. He gives the jockey options. He's fast enough, I think, to make the lead if he wants to go. But if others are hell-bent on it, he can sit just off.
0: All right. I'll tell you, man, this this day must is going to be really wide open because, I mean, you guys have all pretty much been all over the place. It's, it's kind of exciting. So, uh race 10 is the Maryland Million Distaff, seven furlongs on the dirt. Phillies and mares, three years old and up $100,000 on
1: the board. Louie, tell me who you like. Uh, who do I like? I mean, what are we doing here? Is Fetus free in this race? I mean, what are we doing here? She's in this race. I like Fetus free in this race. I think this is actually a good spot for her. I know she's seven. Uh Last three out. A win, a second in a Grade Three, and then she comes back after a little bit of a uh, some time off. Wins in an Optional Claimer. I think she's geared for a second off the layoff kind of run here. If you wanted to try to get a little uh, a little cheaper in your ticket, this might be the spot uh, to use her and and hold your nose and move on. I do think that response time is an intre- interesting. Entry here again, that six and a half furlongs last time, two turns uh, at uh, Timonium. So uh, maybe she'll be okay Uh, going the six and a half. I think she's absolutely got a shot. I'm going to say the name again, Barbosa's aboard. So I think she's got a legit, legit shot. Um, And so uh, I would probably hang on those two. I'm interested in the two horse here. And maybe you guys can help me out with Luna Bell coming off of a layoff. Since the the Black Eyed Susan last year, not this year, last year. almost 18 or I guess uh, 17 months off, whatever, (laughs) something like that. Five to two here. Um, God bless all the connections there. I'm going to try to beat her.
2: She's the key to the race, to be sure, because if she shows up, she's going to win. She's simply the best horse on paper. But as you mentioned, she's been away for 512 days. (laughs) I talked to Hammy Smith. He said at first it started out as some bone bruising. Then he brought her back to the races and he said, I brought her back a little bit too quick. And I think the quote was, it's been really hectic getting her back. Uh, I think he also said he wanted to get a prep run into her, and he didn't. So it wasn't like it was a ringing endorsement. He says she's fit. She's working really well going into this race. And to be quite honest, I'm rooting for her to win because she did some really good things before the layoff. But it's a gambling game, and if she does go off at 5-2, to two, I'd be willing to try to beat her.
0: Who are you liking this one, then, Dan?
2: Well, I, think response, I think response time. Uh, the other horse from the Hammy Smith barn is very, very dangerous. John and I've talked about her in the past. It looks like she's getting back to her good form and she has tactical speed. I wouldn't count Malibu Beauty out completely because that last race, uh, she was in against Interstate Daydream, who's a legitimate graded stakes horse from the Brad Cox barn. And uh, she tried to steal that race on the second turn and just couldn't get there. Uh, I don't mind her turning back in distance. She's She's very versatile. So I would probably lean towards response time, Malibu Beauty. Uh, again, feed Dispree, there's nothing wrong with her. Didn't she win this race last year? Uh, great outside post position. Great prep race last time. This is a fun race.
1: It fun. Right.
4: John? Yeah, I mean, as Dan said, as far as I'm concerned, this is the future of uh, the day. I've been looking right. forward to That's um, all these matching up for a long time. I am looking forward, especially to fading Luna Bell because, you know, she has a very big fan club, and you know, has openly said she's a fun filly. But she, but, but as we said, she hasn't raced in a, in a very long time. And quite frankly, even if she runs her best, I'm not so sure that you can beat Response Time or Beatus Fury. Like she's never faced anybody or beaten anybody as good as those two horses. So I am happy to take a shot against her. If she wins, I'll tip my cap. I picked uh, uh Response Time on top, a daughter of. Mosley, bred by Country Life Fun where Mosley stands. She won three out of four on this track over the winter. Got some time off following a dollar race in the um, Niver and since then has been rounding back into form. Last time out in the demonium uh, 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 Distaff, she outran uh, uh, Malibu Beauty who the first turn, something that's not easy to do. Stalked the pace, kicked on professionally, kept Malibu Beauty at bay, and ran a lifetime top of 97 on Business scale, right back in the range that she had been running over the winter. I think she's back in her top form, as Dan said. She has good tactical speed, and I'm kind of hoping that she falls um, a bit by the wayside in the wagering with Fetus Free and Luna Bell getting a lot of the money. And that being said, if Fetus Free runs off the screen, it would not shock me at all. I mean, obviously, the rating Maryland dread Horse of the year, extremely classy. Very easy easy to uh, 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 cheer for. So I got no qualms if she wins. One long shot I, I kind of like at a price is, is uh, number three, Marvelous, who's up like 20 to 1 on the morning line. Won the Maryland Million. This staff started last year, gobbled off ground that day, came from 16 lengths out of it um, to win going away. Won the Canaver Stakes in a similar late frenzy. Got up by a half length at 26 to 1. Has great late speed. Ran a big race, I thought, at Timonium last time out. If response time or feet is run the races, I, I don't think Marvellous is um, is going to be able to catch them. But if you're looking for a horse to round out, an exact horse size factor at big odds, could do worse.
0: All right. We're going to go to the Maryland Million Classic. I'm on the dirt. 3 year olds enough, $150,000, the big purse of the day. Dan, who is your pick in the Maryland Million Classic?
2: As John said, the distaff's the feature. Uh, I really wish I liked this race a little bit more. I don't. Uh, Double Crown won last time out. He's a graded stakes winner. I don't really trust him completely. Uh, I talked to his owner, Lynn Cash, who likes to run horses back on short notice. You'll notice that Double Crown likes to run back on short notice. He's the one owner-slash-trainer in the country that says, I'm worried because he hasn't run back in 30 days. It's too <laughs> long for him. It's too much of a layoff. I'm a little bit worried. He could easily win this race. Um, I but I think all three is, is a horse that I've fallen for each and every time. And I've gotten to the point where I'm just about ready to script his name from the past performances every time I see him and just assume he's scratched because he's burned a lot of money for me. I think he's going to get a good trip in this race sitting second. I'm concerned about a mile and an eighth. He's going to get one more chance from me to do something because he might be the third choice in this race and he has tactical speed. One note though, Jamie Ness has two in here and everyone's going to be going to our nation on parade uh, who won this race last year. Jamie is very bullish on market mavens chances breaking from the rail. He says the horse is a go. He's going to be sent from the inside post to make the lead in this spot. And listen, the distance is a question for many of these sources, but this is the interesting new face at a price. Have they assigned a rider to him? I don't think they've assigned a rider to him yet. Okay, it, but he's going yeah,
4: yeah, to say that. That's for sure, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right, John. So I'm going to be kind of lame and pick the chalk on top. It's Double Crown. He's a, a son of Anchor and Hope Farms. But we closing in on a million dollars. If he wins this race, could be up to eight twenty-eight. And knowing Lynn Cash's style, he'll probably, get, he'll probably have a chance to get to a million pretty soon. I mean, if you take out all the races where he really didn't belong, like he was in the Charlestown Classic in a bit over his head. He was on grass a few times, didn't really handle that. Take those races out. And his figures are much better than anyone else in the field. I mean, he ran big in the Polynesian last out, beat some nice horses that day, one by four and a half going away. One on this track, beat all threes. Um, a few starts back at Law back in mid August. Been a huge figure that day. We're a solid third, um, going one turn mile back in mid July. He has plenty of back class, including a win in the Kelso last October at Aqueduct. And I think he'll get a pace to run into. I mean, our nation operator is likely to show speed. All threes, of course, has speed. Market Maven is going to be close in the pace. There's definitely a chance the early tempo is pretty fast. And if it is, you know, it's, it's going to play right in a double crown's stance. I'm kind of hoping he, he doesn't go off as low as nine to five, maybe like five to two or three to one, but he's pretty hard to see past.
0: To Dan's earlier point, this is a horse who in the matter of less than a month from August 13th to September 10th ran four times at four Mm -hmm. different tracks and won two of those races. Yeah. I mean, because is- of
2: because of guys like Lynn Cash, who trains Beverly Park, a horse that's run off something like, what, 13, 14, 15 wins in a row at some point, John, in starter mm-hmm. allowance races all across the Mid-Atlantic. Lynn Cash just hooks her to a trailer, takes her to a track that runs a $5,000 starter allowance and wins, but runs her everybody, every single week or something like that. Some tracks have even mandated a rule called the Beverly Park rule because they're so afraid of these horses running so often. And good goodness gracious, what could happen? That you know, it's almost like if they run five times in a month you can't enter them. And Lynn Cash was telling me about that earlier today, so he's very frustrated by that rule and you should be.
1: Uh all right, Louie, what about you? I'll make it a clean sweep with the two on top. I do think the eight loose ends is an interesting entry here. Um, I think that horse will love the stretch out to a mile and an eighth. Um, I, I think uh, going back, watching that, that race last out at Delaware, no one was catching that horse. I got I, Look, full disclosure, everybody in this race is better than everybody that was in that Delaware race. But I do think that this is the kind of horse that can pick off, be second in an exacta, something like that, really relish the distance. And so if you're looking for a horse to fill out your ticket, that might be the one.
0: All right, I just have like just a problem with the name Double Crown. If they're going with Two Columbus as the uh, as the mare and Bourbon Courage is the sire, and if they're like if it's supposed to be like a Double Crown Royal, which is not a Bourbon, you know, I can't yeah. do it just out of uh, you know, just can't do it, can't do it. Double Turkey you know? or
1: something or, or Double uh, Forest. Yeah, you got to call
0: I, 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 next, next time
2: you next time he runs. So I'll put that in the analysis in the form. <laughs>
0: you can definitely do that yeah, Mike Gandolfo doesn't like his
2: name.
1: Know oh. your whiskeys. Right. Strong in the stretch, named after Canadian whiskey. Turf <laughs> <laughs> Association member Mike Gandolfo does not <laughs> like the name. <laughs> <laughs> the inconsistency in
0: the name really bothers me here, whether or not this horse can run fast. So, um, All right. The last race we're going to talk about is race 12, the turf starter stakes a mile and a 16th on the turf, three-year-olds and up $50,000 purse. What is this? An allowance race? Uh, no, I'm just messing with you guys. So Louie, who do you like here? I'm
2: Louis, getting pointed. Louie, Louie, you got to say it. Talk, give credit to the racing office.
1: This is a fantastic race on which to end this card. A fantastic race. Yes.
4: <laughs> we only
1: give them a the whole time. Dan loves Even the show. Even if it comes off, off the turf, of this is a fantastic race. And I – so talk to me boys if this is if we do have a lot of rain it would this be the race to come off the turf
4: yes if anything comes off it's going to be this race I think
1: I okay I agree with that okay I took that sort of into account when I looked at uh everybody I think that brilliant Chase no matter the condition is the is the the horse to beat here the three horse uh interested to see if that horse can run it back after uh, a sloppy go at a claimer at uh at parks uh we'll see if that horse is uh capable of doing that we'll go outside to this or right to the middle of the pack i should say i like bonded in this spot too um coming off of uh, three wins and nine runs this year one for two at laurel lifetime uh it has been running in those allowance and claiming races but so has everyone in this field uh interested if the connections I uh, could get it done there as well. And then I went even further outside to the nine horse here in Nick Papa Giorgio, who we talked about. Great name. Ran in a, in a turf race on Maryland million day last year, gets over. Uh, he's going to try to stay uh, on the turf here. I thought ran a pretty okay race last time. First claim here uh, for the Colt barn who does a great job. Uh, first time off the claim. So three, seven and nine for me in the last.
0: I mean, Vegas vacation is the worst of the vacation movies. But the nod to the fake ID of Rusty when he goes to Las Vegas is fantastic. Yes. Um, all right, who <laughs> oh, I got next? Dan, who do you like in this one?
2: Um, I respect Nipapa Giorgio certainly. Uh, you mentioned the barn off the claim. I think he's something like seven for the last nineteen, and I like that they claimed him probably for this spot. I think right. they figured this horse is going to, you know, he fits this condition like a glove. Let's take a shot. He got wired last time out. Now he catches a big field, and he'll get a little bit more pace. I'm going to use him. I'm also going to use the last sip, whose horse I've never really been a big fan of, but I'm starting to come around. Back in June, he beat four next out winners. And after that, they kind of they, they, they kind of tried different things for him. Uh, first level allowance horses where he was in likely a little bit too tough. Then he runs against Crabs and Beer, who's running in the Maryland Million Turf. That's just a little bit too turf. Then they sprint him, which isn't what he wants to do. And then last time they ran him on the dirt and he threw a fit in the post in the post parade, ran away. I'll throw that race out. Uh Blinkers Off, I think works for the last sip. Uh,
4: he fits with these horses on his best. They'll be a good price. John. I ended up going with number four. Um, Savola on top. Milan, Velocevic trains. Sheldon Russell is up, off to a bit of a slow start, by the way, Sheldon is. Three wins in 30 mounts, but 10 second place finishes. This one closed pretty well last time out against Nam, at two foes. He was far behind early on, and he had been far behind in his last few starts. Couldn't quite seal the deal. Last time, though, he did get the job done off mild fractions. Um, um, got up in one by three parts of length. We're in a career best figure. Has some of the great, um, has some of the best late pace figures in this field. And as long as he can stay out of trouble, he sh- he should be rolling late. If this race does get moved to the main track, I think Brilliant Chase could win, even if he started from the little parking lot—not the metaphorical. <laughs> well, there it is. There, there's
0: your Maryland Million Day handicapping. Get the gold book. Get all oh. of Louis's picks. Yeah, for the race louis plug it real quick
1: yeah goldbookbets.com i know that john's gonna have all his stuff up at racing biz of course b-i-z uh go check out all their stuff and dan where should everyone find all of your stuff i imagine you're talking qe2 a little bit too this week you're
2: talking qe2 on the daily racing form youtube channel check it out we got uh, all of our stakes previews there and for the maryland analysis drf.com i've got some stakes previews as well where i talk to some of the trainers get their thoughts on the big races also
0: all right, I love it. And listen, if you get John P's picks and he's hitting early, just ride him the rest of the day because <laughs> that's
1: pretty much right. Yeah.
0: He, not literally, though. When, when he's hot, So, <laughs> huh? not literally. When you're hot, you're hot. So, with that hair, that's he's always he hot.
1: The, um, that's right, man. Yeah, yeah. What do we think the late pick five pays on Saturday, Dan? That's a good
2: question. You know, uh, I think it's going to pay pretty decent. I'm going to guess. Oh,
1: I don't know. uh, $1,119.80. Okay. All right. That's pretty good. Reminder if you are new to our Maryland shows, 12% takeout on those pick fives. One of the very best, I mean, one of the very best bets in North American racing is the pick five and on the Maryland circuit for sure. So, all right, John, what's your prediction for uh, total payout on the late pick five?
4: $638.20. Okay. All right. I think Dan's right. I think it goes to all right. I think if Double Crown um, wins, he will be a single on a lot of tickets. I I think a lot of folks are going to single feed is free. If she loses, that will knock out a bunch of tickets. Folks are going to spread in the ninth. Folks are going to spread in the twelfth. If Sky's mm-hmm. not falling and Witty both lose, that'll pump off the payoff a little bit. Really, my hope, with all due respect for everyone who's playing playing a late pick five on Friday, mm-hmm. I kind of hope nobody hits it. <laughs> because then, because it, then it'll be a very nice carryover into uh, Saturday. So, if you plan the late pick five on Friday and you're alive in the last leg, it's like the Larry David kind of like unsure meme. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'll, there it is. I guess Larry All David, right. David is. there
0: you go. All right. All right. Well, we're gonna pay the tab. We're gonna get out of here. Thanks again to Dan and John for joining us, talking Maryland racing. And, again, we'll be back, I'm sure, of it uh, for in the spring with our road to the Pimlico. Uh, so uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for us, So Pimlico weekend, our Preakness weekend next year, because uh, it, we're hosting the PGA Championship here in Louisville that weekend as well. Ooh. So I'm going to do a couple days of the PGA Championship, and then I guess Louie and I will probably hop in a car or catch a flight. There you and go. In, in there go. A little,
1: a little practice and get- round and then a little, uh, little Preakness. How about that? There you go. Oh, yeah,
0: there it is. There it is. All right, guys. Uh, we'll see you next time on the Horse Racing Happy
1: Hour and music. Great.